We're here at Fortune Kit Studios slash headquarters slash uh, offices incorporated. We've got me, Alex, and Dan, and we got Keith Buckley here. I think at this point he's a repeat guest. He's a regular actually. Yeah. Because yeah. the first time the first time you're a guest. Right. The second time you're a repeat guest, and the third time you're a regular. I yeah, think. this is yeah. like the Jack. This is like the Jack, uh, the Jackie Martland chair at the Howard Stern show. That's like right. Yeah. Some people fill it. Some people fill it more often than others. Here comes. Oh, the I thought you meant that it it smells really bad. <laughs> One time I had a, uh, a we got a tour of the Stern Studios, and that uh, she was like a, a manager at the time. Her name is Tracy. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Stern Show very much, but Tracy G, or I think was her name. Uh, not uh, Tracy something, and she was like, uh, took us through through the studios. And I was like, man, can can like we sit in Howard's chair? And she's like, nobody sits in Howard's chair. And I'm like, come on. I like, come on. Huh? No, huh? it's sticky. Yeah. And she's like, okay, fine. So then we, I sat, I got to sit in the chair, and then literally the next week on the Stern show, Stern was talking about how Gary Delabate gave his daughter a tour of the studio, and Stern found out that Gary let his own daughter sit in his chair, and he fucking exploded on him so i was like man <laughs> gary delabate june gary delabate's daughter can't even get a seat in the chair but i uh i managed to pull it off you finagled okay it. howard stern if you're listening yeah you got beef with keith now you got keith beef you've been why beefed. would he be mad about that I, he's just such an ornery they asshole. have like porn stars masturbate on yeah. their couch <laughs> <laughs> they have a city in that you ride and yeah. it just has 200 different new yorkers body yeah. fluids all over it <laughs> it's got new strains of hpv marriage in there like a petri dish he's worried about his chair yeah. a child being in his chair for two <laughs> seconds howard stern's gonna get back at you by coming to an every time i die show and then coming on stage and just it's like can i spit on, on the, the microphone yeah. breathe all over your microphone yeah. Yeah. can i put my foot up on your monitor <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what we came here to talk about is howard stern for an hour baba booey uh yeah i mean i guess Generally, Keith, we just wanted to check in and see how you guys are uh, handling moving future plans around, and yeah, it's uh, everything's just kind of up in the air, huh? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. I mean, to envision the the larger picture of it all is is kind of uh, intimidating. So I don't really want to do that. Just kind of taking little bites day by day, and like, all right, checking in, seeing how things are moving. And I was saying before we started recording that we're we had a tour schedule for the summer that they've officially decided to push a month back. And even now I, I don't think that's, yeah, there's I, no way, I, I don't One think a month. month is going to make a difference in the summer. I think we'll probably just be starting to see things peak in the summer. So, uh, it sucks. It definitely sucks. I mean, I, I, I think the thing I'm luckiest for is that we finished the record before the quarantine started because had we like, either gotten interrupted and, and had to go back after the quarantine, having lost all that steam or actually recorded it and put it out uh, and then just couldn't tour with a new record that would completely like, you know, uh, that would negate everything that you'd worked for. Because if you can't tour on a record, there's no point in putting out a record as, you know, a band like our size, you have to tour on it. So yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely. now we're just sitting on it and hoping for uh, an early fall release and just to keep our fingers crossed it works out. Yeah, even that seems like it's going to be tough in the sense of like, I don't know, like other cities as well as my own, but for Chicago and Illinois in general, they've like released basically the reopening plan in stages. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like the next stage, which is probably, luckily the next stage will probably begin in June where you can gather with like 10 people again and et cetera. Like, you know, yeah. like 
Yeah. Uh, businesses can do more curbside shit, whatever. Um, that's the stage that to me I'm excited about just cause like just little things like band practice and hanging out with like two people. Totally. That's like, that's like important to me. Like that's a bigger deal to me than most other oh, stuff. But yeah, for yeah, sure. It, it's just, it's, it's just strange. Like I, I never, I never envisioned anything like this happening. And, and, and one of the things that like every time I die is sort of prided themselves on is that like, you know, we, we're not on the radio. We don't have a ton of record sales, but like our, our shows are just insanely good. You know, the, 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 the community that we've built around this, this band is like, you know, just overwhelmingly positive and everyone loves to get together and party and hang out. And then that's just gone. And there's not even like uh, an alternative to it. You know, that yeah, was, that yeah. was yeah. like, we put all our eggs in that basket it was like, listen, we don't have a ton of money. We, we tour in a van, but at least our shows are great. And then yep. like now that's it. That's, that's all we had. That's Wolf Parade too. I mean, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like we, uh, like we had some college charting for the first time ever. I think with the last record, uh, yeah. just because we started doing more radio sessions. But other than that, for the whole history of the band, it's been like we don't get on FM radio. We don't get on you know even even like alternative radio all that much. But we put on a fucking killer live show, and we've right. Totally, like our whole fan base has grown around the shows. The shows are the mm-hmm. thing, and absolutely. And yeah, we get people. I mean, I'm sure Keith, you guys have the same thing where you've got people who will come to five shows in a row, or will fly from you know whatever state, you know, yep. to come and see you. And and that's yeah, that's all off the table now. So for us, it's, and it was. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's like, even having looked at the fact that like I, I went to college and sort of wasted those years because I'm not using any of that stuff. It was like, well, the, the job market, like the the actual like job market, uh, ca- the capitalist job market is so cutthroat that I'm completely removed from it, which is fucking awesome. Like, yeah, I don't have to wor- I don't have to worry about trying to, you know, sort of kowtow to any sort of uh, laborers or anything I like. We are the labor. If people in different cities like us, they hire us and we come there and that's it. And it's, I mean, as you know, you got to pay taxes, obviously, but it's as like DIY as it could possibly get for having it's a full-time as good as it gets, job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, and, the, it's the dream. Like you are uh, your own really boss. Is. Yeah. Yeah. And so the fact that like, even as, you know, um, employees are getting replaced, you know, by automation and things like that. The one thing that I counted on was like entertainment can never be duplicated by, you know, some sort of, of like faulty ultimatum or alternative of like, well, we got not like your Chuck E. Cheese band. Like, right. Yeah. You know, that's, the, that's the only thing that could take our place. But I was like, I wasn't afraid of that because yeah. you can't, you can't replicate a live setting for a, for a music venue. And, yeah. and now, now it's not being replicated. It's just being taken away completely. So it's like, man, this is like, I, I it's just something you never saw coming. So we're, uh, like I said, we're kind of struggling with it when we realize the scope of it, but we're just trying to take it slow. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of my next point of speaking of how like Illinois released the plan of how things are going to reopen after this next stage. At some point in the future, the one after that is going to be up events of up to 50 people. Right. And then the final stage is like everything's back. Yeah. So yeah. that's what's kind of like sobering to me. And even from E1's perspective, we've been talking about like, if shows go back to only being 50 people, like 
It's even yeah. for like E1's perspective, we're probably not, we're probably just not going to do shows. Right. I mean, yeah. at that stage, at that point, that you know, you're going to have to lower ticket prices, obviously, because you have to sort of bait people out of their homes. You know what I mean? Like, give them a real reason to like slowly get back into it. But I don't know. I just feel like the energy is is not ever going to be the same. At least not probably within our lifetimes. I mean, yeah. people aren't going to enthusiastically run into a crowded room to sweat all over each other anymore. I mean, this is. You know, it's a it's a fucking pandemic, yeah. and it's despite the 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 social distancing. I mean, the the traumatical like mental distancing that everyone has done from the things they were used to doing. It's going to have like really long standing effects, and For it's, sure. it's scary to think about. It's also you know, it's like a it's a it's going to be a buyer's market for the venues that are left standing too, which is yeah. something that like you know I've already seen talking to booking agents with venues planning on doing three shows a day to make up for the fact that they didn't do Jesus. shows and then, right. and then offering, you know, 75% to 50% of what a band is worth because they're so desperate yeah. to get back on the road. And that, yeah. re that reality plus, you know, like, like Charles, you were saying it, you, there's Illinois rollout plan, but there is going to be a moment where like, you know, Keith, like you and me are band, like people are going to have to decide Alabama is open. Do I want to go play there? You know? Right. Yeah, can can you true. afford the gas to get there? Yeah, totally. I mean, totally. I mean, that's, that's something else you got to figure. Like, okay, well, we're, it's going to take four days to get there. The gas, the hotels in the meantime, to get there to be paid what? I mean, and it's, you know, that sounds like elitist, but it's really like you just have to weigh it. Like, yeah. you can't, it can't be a sunk cost every single night, you know? Yeah. Because that's also, the shit like, that we did. I'm starting to think about like if every state has a different plan too. It's like it's so hard to book a tour if like Illinois is like only right. 50 people can gather, but this other state is 100 and this other one has no ca like mm -hmm. the whole that whole intermediary period is such a pain in the ass to even try oh, to navigate course. that stuff that like it's not really worth it for the most part. And then there's like the fucking moral res moral responsibility of like you know okay I'm gonna start a tour in Texas uh, or a part of Texas where there is no closure and everything's back to normal and then I'm gonna go to California that has you know gatherings limited to 200 people or whatever and then you kind of have to ask yourself like do you want to be Johnny Appleseed for the plague like yeah, yeah. yeah. am I the problem here basically? Right. yeah and, and also too like I mean I, I don't know what you guys uh, what Wolf Parade does for production but like if you're going on tour and you're entering states where there's a, a 50 cap limit on the venues and then you're entering other states where there's a 200 cap limit and you're, the venues are bigger so you need more stuff you know what I mean yeah, like that's you're right. gonna need more merch you're gonna need more equipment on stage you might need a banner you know what i mean but then yeah. these things like do you travel with this shit because then if you travel with extra stuff just uh, sort of hoping to accommodate the larger venues then you're just you're, you're spending more on gas then you're yeah. spending more on blown tires because your trailer's too full you know so like do you scale it back and give the states that are open a, a worse like production show yeah or do you just bring it all out with you and hope for the best and you know maybe you make it up in the gas well it's it's kind of interesting like uh so like pre-covid uh wolfred actually had we we had to kind of face that reality because we we crammed maybe two months worth of touring into four and a half weeks uh because we're basically like uh spencer was having a kid and we had to sort of shuffle all our touring around yeah. and we were playing some of the venues we were playing that was like the connective tissue shows 
you know, like in the Midwest, right? Uh, just just to play a show on a route. Um, we're way smaller than like where we played in New York or L.A. So we sk- we had a scalable production thing where we were doing mostly projections, and yeah. that would work without a banner. That would work like in pretty much any room, and then you know, strip down like no monitor tech, right? Like, right. like just in ears. And then, uh, yeah. and then, you know, front of house slash driver paid our front of house Reno, like a little extra to do driving and yeah, uh, just to make it make sense. But you're totally right. Like it's, unless you can scale things up and down, like you kind of screwed, you'll end up spending a shitload of money. So yeah, it's insane. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it really like, uh, I mean, just as someone who's like, you know, I don't have fucking healthcare. I'm on my wife's healthcare. She got furloughed. You know, I, I mean, I, I obviously don't, we offer like the, the most basic healthcare to our quote unquote employees who are our crew because we have to legally, but it's like, I mean, without, without, without touring, like even think of the crew that's out of jobs, like they, they, it's not like they can just go start up something else or, you know, do like, you know, I, I see bands, you know, doing like live stream shows or these like at home instrumental things. But what, what do crews do? You know, I mean, yeah, exactly. Gonna, it's the hardest on do? them. Yeah. They're, they're dependent they do. upon you guys. They don't have as many options anyway. You got to yeah. hire them to do sound for your, uh, for your zoom show you know right, <laughs> like, yeah. maybe someone like, could get over here and fix my discord actually yeah totally <laughs> totally yeah uh, you might need a crew yeah i need i, I need a discord podcasting tech. crew fuck yeah yeah i see for pos- for podcasting that's a not a bad this idea. makes me like to some extent i have like a sense of guilt that podcasting is so easy to do in a time like this like we've almost like especially from E1's perspective, we've kind of benefited from other people's misery, which makes me feel like bad, you know? <laughs> hey, someone's got to no, do someone it. Someone has to yeah, do it's, it, yeah. It's yeah. Just you want like everybody to of... suffer? You don't yeah. want some yeah. people to <laughs> yeah. profit? Yeah. Yeah. At least someone's having fun. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least I wonder, like, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I don't know who I was talking to uh, about this, but I really felt like, podcasts were on the cusp of being like the next sort of musical touring world too. I mean, I really feel like it was yeah. that it, we we're about to hit that tipping point where podcasts are going to need to start going on tour and it's going to be an incredibly lucrative uh, opportunity yeah. for every, I mean, it's already it, happening. Like Chapo's tours are pretty sizable, man. Yeah. 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 But um, I, and, and I think that that was going to be a thing that almost every podcast realized they had to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. to, to hit this wall all of a sudden, r- literally like right as the tipping point was about to get breached. It, it feels really unfortunate that so many people are missing out on what could have been an extraordinary experience. That's brutal. Yeah. Was, for sure. I was talking to, um, young Chomsky, uh, who pr- the producer for Trunon? Because I, I went on their Twitch stream to play some synths, uh, and they had an entire tour booked. Like they had an East Coast tour booked. Um, I think they were playing some of the venues that you guys did, Charles. And nice. Oh yeah, they were in New York for sure. I saw that. Yeah, and they had to cancel the whole thing, and they had plans to kind of extend it, and that's like off the table for the foreseeable future. It's sort of yeah, it's not great. You know? Yeah, I'm, the reason I remember that is that um, the venue they were doing in New York was the same one we had to cancel with Chapo because it flooded. Then they oh, were going to yeah. have Chapo on their show, and they had to cancel it because the pandemic. Yeah, the Bell yeah. House. Yeah, yeah, right. it's yeah. a it's a cursed venue for podcasts now. Yeah, I heard yeah. on the radio today that they were talking about how uh, Rammstein 
just had to cancel their like North American tour and like you know Rammstein whatever you know you, there's that one song that we might recognize but yeah having seen Rammstein at like European festivals their production is fucking enormous yes. like yeah, there's yeah. there's thou- there's probably 2000 people just on staff at a Rammstein concert yeah. like yeah. so you think about how many jobs are lost because of this it's and you go oh we're obviously they're, they're probably fine that they you know maybe the singer doesn't ever have to even touch his savings account whatever that's not the point the point is that like the people that plan the pyrotechnics the people that set up the stage like all of these people have lit there's nothing they can do now and especially yeah considering that they've invested their entire lives to perfect their craft yeah and so they've they've negated uh, any sort of opportunity to do anything else because they've put everything into setting up stages and choreographing lighting and things like that and now like there is there's really no other thing for them to do without live without live concerts that's right it's a totally specialized field that's like you have to make a decision to essentially be unemployable in any other field if you put right right because you you figure you figure that well nothing can take the place of live entertainment and that's just it nothing can take the place of it but it can absolutely go away yep yeah Film too. I think I think uh, the film film world is experiencing uh, experiencing totally the same thing. With every everything being shut down, no shoots. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, well, just we'll get another remake of Hulk or something. I'm sure it'll be sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Somebody, just do it 100 percent CGI. Yeah, yeah just and then the, CG, yeah. the animators are just working from home. Uh, you yeah. you joke, Charles. <laughs> it's exactly what we're gonna get. We're gonna get like uh, yeah. We're gonna get a new adventures movie that's just like uh, well, that's probably reboot level CGI. <laughs> they should make a movie of the Microsoft Paperclip. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. His exploits, yeah, that'd be great. He's so he's helpful. like a pervert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how does he know so much about this program? A gritty, yeah. a gritty movie about him. Yeah, like he's. Uh, how about a he, gritty movie of gritty? Oh. There we go. Yeah, He's yeah. a sidekick to the paperclip. Yeah. Like the paperclip has just been like uh, in the wings forever. Like no one's ever found a purpose for him ever since his debut. So he's just like gotten addicted to like a ton of drugs. But now they need him back because he's the one <laughs> thing that can still work. All his one-liners uh, yeah. are about suggesting things. To, like yeah. when he's about yeah. to kill somebody, it's just like, did you mean this? <laughs> did you mean to get hit in the face with a bullet? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's sharpened the end of the paperclip, yeah. and he's using that to shoot up. They, br- they bring him. They bring him back because he's the only thing that can stop Russian disinformatia. <laughs> oh man, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What's, I mean, I, it's probably why. Like, I, I've noticed uh, there's an influx of like comic book um, adaptations on, like, especially Netflix. But you know, these yeah. things are already written. Everyone can pretty much do all the anim- animation from home. I mean, I, who knows what's going on right now, especially with I think, making- Keith, that's actually kind of a good point that um, that trend was already in place, but it's going to exacerbate it now much more. Yeah. yeah. And that's what sure. we're going to see with a lot of this stuff is like small venues were already working on razor thin margins. Now they're just going to get crushed. And we're going to have all this bullshit like Live Nation venues that oh, are yeah. much worse yeah. to deal with, you know, like. All the already all the pre-existing toxicities in like North American capitalism are just gonna, you know, thrive. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the thing we have to like as people who are creative and like make money being creative, the thing we have to resist is uh that this has made this giant opportunity for every company or project that wants to replace human input in art. 
which of, mm-hmm. of which is it's a huge push, right? Like, yeah, like because you don't have human input, then you don't have to deal with pesky band members or writers or whatever. You don't have to. You know. uh, yeah. This has created this huge opportunity for people who want to advance that to essentially shift public opinion to or or public taste to like soften them up and say, yeah, oh, I'll watch an all CGI band. I will. Uh, I will totally enjoy a blockbuster movie that has no humans in it, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I don't know, like, I know that the hologram thing for performers was kind of, uh, you know, uh, like a flash in the pan for a minute, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I, is that going to take off now, or are we just going to have to watch, like, fucking hologram bands from, like, a live stream, uh, you know, while sitting in our house? I just, it's, yeah. the the live show experience is just something that can, it just can't be, can't be replicated i i don't know but i don't For know sure. how, how much that means to anyone that doesn't have a sense of nostalgia you know mm-hmm. I, I i i feel like you know the the, the older people that come out to every time at i shows you know maybe had gotten into us when they were younger and maybe now they're bringing their kids so they're passing on that nostalgia but when you just completely uh when you pretty much just put like a wedge in between like your real life experience and any sense of nostalgia then what follows is no one really has to go to anything to mean anything to them anymore as long as they're getting it somehow it doesn't they don't have to relate it to a, a previous event so yeah but like, i would uh, still say that like i think even though i i do enjoy watching like a stream of a live show the reasons i enjoy it are very different than going to right a show. of course yeah yeah. yeah, you know, like so. I think there will always be some kind of dual need for both. You know, I think it's cool. Like, uh, so I don't know if you guys caught the uh, Code Orange did this. Um, it was on May, uh, or sorry, March like fourteenth. We were supposed to play their record release show in Pittsburgh. They got canceled, right? Uh-huh. Um, but so they just went on Twitch and did a live concert and put all their production into it put you know uh integrated all their like uh imagery and things like that over you know on overlays and stuff and it was it was remarkable and it was extremely unique and incredible and impressive and they're the first band i think that did anything like that so i think that that's gonna um have a little bit of stamina as far as like how to adapt to the new world of of live music but after that novelty wears off like at some point you're gonna go okay well I've seen now every band is doing this. Like, when can we actually hear it? Like in a in room, a room. Yeah. with yeah. other sure. people. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think there's going to be a period of adjustment where a lot of bands are going to be, um, like you know, showing how innovative they can get, and it's going to impress a lot of us, and it's going to give a lot of us hope. But at some point, I mean, given the you know the attention span of of people that consume content, mm-hmm. it, they're going to get tired of it, and then what? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think we've kind of hit that point. Like, like uh, uh, it seems like there's a total oversaturation of like um, live stream concerts. And, and one thing that, that bothers me about them, uh, you know, some of them is that I realize people need to stay out there and, and play shows. But if you're, if you're not getting paid for your labor, like you are right. essentially doing an ad for Z- Twitch, I think is different because oh. it's monetizable to you. But if you're doing like a Zoom show or a fucking Instagram live show, uh, you are an advertisement for that platform. You're furthering their agenda. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, I, yeah. And I mean, just thinking about like, you know, just the hardcore scene in general and how um, 
how stoked it was on itself that it was strictly DIY. Like, you know, people would set up shows at the local VFW halls and they would set everything up themselves. They didn't need any outsider help. Mm-hmm. And the scene thrived without any outsider help. But now that we're like, you know, quarantined, you, now now we almost have to shake hands with these corporations that are going to give us access to the audience that we built on our own. You yeah. Know? Like, that's yeah, exactly. Have, that's what's such bullshit. Yeah. yeah they're going to be the ones that we're going to be like, oh, that's so, why again, sorry, sir. Like, can I have can, can I have access to my friends again? Yeah, totally. I come across <laughs> as like a, a shill. The only thing I come across as a shill for is Patreon, basically, of at least Patreon minimizes the amount of corporate interference compared to anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And like podcasts have the advantage of just having started that way. Yeah. But for bands like Dan started a Patreon recently. I did. And like Spencer's had his for a while. And like there is there is like a sort of niche where if you can transition even a portion of that income over to it, it does free you up a little bit. For sure. Yeah. You yeah. do pay, like, I mean, Patreon essentially takes, you know, so, something like 5% for themselves and 5% for like the credit card processor. But that's much less than you're going to be paying to much shittier corporations elsewhere. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. But just think about what, the, like how that flies in the face of like the punk rock ethos. And I'm not like, a, you know, I'm not a pure, I'm not a Puritan about this. I, I understand that, you know, you have to adjust to accommodate the changing yeah, world. But like, kinda, yeah, but like the the punk rock ethos is like, no, fuck all of that. We're doing this ourselves. And like now you yeah. can't do it now. You just can't. Yeah, you, it's impossible. You have to ask someone help. Yes, I have to ask someone for help, and that someone is going to have to be someone with a ton of money that can get you exposed because you're, I mean, you're just in your house now by yourself. You can't even start a band now, you know? Yeah. Without yeah, breaking true, some true. sort of fucking state law. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. No, I have sympathy for that for sure. Uh, I mean, you mentioned VFW halls, Keith. Like, one thing that I've been thinking more and more about like over the last month, two months even, is... Uh, once this all, okay, let's assume that there's a vaccine or uh, everything goes back to normal. I mean, it'll never go back to capital N normal, but it goes, it, it, people can gather. As far as touring is concerned, yeah, normally yeah. people like, People can gather again. I'm thinking, you know, a lot of the mid-sized venues are going to get crushed by this and either bought up by AEG or, you know, some, some monolithic company. So... You know, I think about the alternative to like what's going to take the space, uh, the place of those mid-sized venues, and I think there's going to have to be a return to alternative spaces like VFW halls, yeah, curling rinks, yep. and yeah, people like you and me and some of our friends who came up playing hardcore are going to be way better positioned to make those spaces good. Yeah. That's the only, yeah. honestly, man, that's the only, only silver lining I can find out of this is that I've been in it for so long that if I have to return to where I started, it will feel like a, some sort of like fulfilling nostalgia yeah. because I've done it before. I, I do miss it. You know, I, I, I miss it, especially now that I can't do anything, but yeah, we were, we went through those ranks. We, we know what that's like. We can do it if we have to, yeah. you know, it's nice. It's been nice to not have to do it, but we have the skill set necessary for setting those things up. And um, you have like the community that's going to yeah, support you yeah. wherever you go, you know? Yeah. Totally. Like yeah. you, you could do a show with no monitors and the rider was like a half a bowl of vegan chili and a couple of Yeah. 
Right? Yeah, I mean, we did that like just two months ago in Germany. I mean, it's, it's yeah. you know, <laughs> we, can, we can definitely do it if we have to. We don't want to, but yeah, yeah I uh, I think that that's, and, and you know, I mean, this is kind of uh, tangential, but like the, that return to, to the basics, that like return to quote unquote roots is, is interesting because uh, I saw yesterday that they're opening up the the only drive-in theater that's around Buffalo. Oh no! Sure. And I was like, I was like, oh my god, the drive-in movies! Like I haven't even thought about that in so long, and now I'm just so excited to go to the fucking drive-in movies. So it's like, I, I've been. It's almost like we've just been spoiled for so long with so much that maybe returning to a more elemental sort of uh, foundation is. I don't know, going to invigorate us again. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it was a strange reaction to seeing a drive-in movie open. Yeah, for Dude, sure. Dude, you should, you, every time I die, should do a show at that drive-in theater. Like, screen that a movie. Is, dude, play that it, is exact. That's, okay, I swear to God, we <laughs> had this idea, my wife and I, but we were also had, uh, were on edibles, but like setting up, <laughs> setting up a state, setting up a stage, like in front of a drive-in screen, and having the production on the screen behind you and everyone just pulls up in cars. Yeah. Like, obviously, there would be no mosh pit unless it was like a dirt, like a, cra- a smash up derby or whatever. But, like, <laughs> totally. You know, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. There should be some like beater cars. <laughs> yeah. Just destroying uh, themselves. That, oh, oh, man. That's if, so funny. If you guys could pull that off, that would be a fucking full uh, demolition derby mosh pit at the drive. Yeah. The merch at the show, the merch is like a 1986 like, beat up fucking car that you just like sell to a fan for a yeah. hundred bucks and they smash it up in the front of the yeah. show. Instead of t-shirts, you're just selling like new oil pans yeah. and like uh, <laughs> transmissions. Or maybe like like Mad Max style like accoutrements for the car. Uh, you know, like, I love it. Yeah, fl- this is actually a pretty good idea to be honest. Like why the fuck not? Yeah. Who yeah. care? Who care? Let's just do right. it. Yeah. That's a great idea. Wow. All right. See, we're solving problems with uh, yeah, we are. Di- yeah. DIY uh, mentality, DIY mindset. We're adapting, to, yeah. we're adapting to the new world. Yeah, demolition it yourself mindset. Mm-hmm. I what love if that. you did a, a show at a bar? <laughs> so people could drink and listen to the music at the same now time. T- Wait, what? Huh? <laughs> There's like a really bad like sci-fi novel where yeah. it's like the year 3000. Yeah. Live music has been banned for centuries, and someone thinks, "What about doing music at the bar?" Yeah. Rush rediscovered that thing. guitar yeah. again. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pulled it out of the waterfall. <laughs> the sword in the stone with a guitar. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! You guys, have you heard about this um, idea that uh, the Winds of Change by Scorpions was a CIA uh, psyop? Holy shit! But no, no. but I totally <laughs> believe that's true, Keith. That's yeah. There's uh, there's a podcast about. It. I got to I got to uh, show it to you guys. Please. What it's is the rationale for that? I saw something about. It that. was just because like when the Berlin Wall was falling, that they the C, the uh, the CIA wanted uh, to empower uh, Europeans to sort of like overthrow the government and like give them hope just help, uh, assuming they would do the work uh that the united states wanted to have done that's absolutely something the u.s government would do yes. yeah so like <laughs> you, yeah i need to listen to this podcast immediately yeah, because I'll, I'll, I'll text you the link because okay so Dude. you you know what song is constantly playing in taxi cabs in the balkans eastern europe and uh any of the post-soviet states it's fucking winds. No, of, I do. It's fucking winds it, of change, dude. Is it really? Yes. And scorpion, <clears throat> scorpions. Every time I've been on tour in the Balkans, I've seen either a massive billboard for scorpions playing at 
one of the big sports arenas or have just played at one of the big sports that's, arenas. In- that's <laughs> fucking crazy. So, and that's another that's another example too of like bands that like if you're financially stable, why are you still fucking doing this? Like, there's so many bands that start off of like, okay, I, I just want to like make this a career where I don't have to worry about anything. But like, you get to a certain point where you're like, I don't really, I don't have to do this anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're still fucking doing it. I mean, biggest band in Germany ever, probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah. There's like, there's there were rumors that like after one of their, I, not maybe Rocky like Hurricane, one, after one, nine months after one of the their hits came out, there was like a boom in, um, in like, uh, you know, population because so many people had been fucking to that song. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> this is so awesome. That's- you can't chart that. I wish you could like find the statistics on songs like that, on like hit songs and like how much of the population increased nine months after that song came out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No shit. Oh man. The f- the first time I think I in terms on- of or sorry, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say like the first time I went on tour in Germany with uh Handsome Furs, we we decided that our walk off music was gonna be Winds of Change because I thought it was fucking yeah. hilarious. And yeah. every single time it completely pissed the audience off. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. And people would come up and be like, why are you playing this song? This, is, this song is stupid. It's terrible. Scorpions, <laughs> Scorpions demo is good. The yeah. later stuff, not so much. Why? Yeah. Uh, it must really suck to be from a country where there aren't that many bands that came oh, yeah. from there. Yeah. So, like, everyone has to have an opinion on the one band yes. that broke into the worldwide market and you either yeah. love them or you fucking hate them and you resent every time someone brings them up. Yeah. 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 The Scorpions are definitely, uh, I mean, even as it's like a, a fan of like that sort of style in the nineties, like it just, I don't know. I, I under that song was obviously like, a, but it, I, I probably just like the whistle, you know, yeah. like I didn't, I was a kid. I didn't really fucking understand. I didn't understand what Gorky Park was. I didn't know what the hell anything meant. I just liked the fact that the guy was whistling in the beginning of it. The, the, <laughs> the Scorpions uh, came to see Wolf Parade, like back in the early days of Wolf Parade, like when we were playing in Montreal, two, two members. Of really? The, yeah. I didn't get to meet them, uh, but my friend Brian, who ran the booking agency that put our shows on, uh blue skies turn black they 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 basically he was sitting at the ticket counter for sala rosa and these two guys came up and were like we are here to see the band and he was like cool are you on the guest list and they said we are the scorpions (laughs) (laughs) and they were (laughs) because they were in montreal doing (laughs) doing something so apparently two members of the scorpions watched wolf parade play a, a pretty drunk show at sala rosa that's fucking that's awesome. Crazy. How do you know they weren't lying? That's, uh, yeah. yeah, we've talked about that being right. They, they could have been lying, but he seemed convinced. He seemed to think yeah. it was scorpions. That would be a, a great grift to have two or three German guys just go around the world and in every country, like, we are the scorpions. We are the scorpions. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. We were told we were in like the Philippines getting into nightclubs. Yeah. Yeah. I will not be paying for this burrito. I am in the scorpions. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time in Buffalo, there was like this uh, super like high end uh, like sky roof uh, bar downtown, and me and my friends decided that we were going to crash it. So we pretended we adopted British accents and pretended we were in the band Travis, and we made it all the way up, into, <laughs> all the way up into the VIP section. Free bottle service for just talk. I mean, I was like fucking nineteen years old. I can't believe anybody fell for it, but. It's uh, easy to get because shows people. Why like, would you want those guys in a club? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that's like the true. most 
boring, like, mopey <laughs> exactly. band of all time. Yeah, so that was, that's what we thought. Like, nobody, yeah, nobody could prove us wrong because nobody really knew who Travis was. So it worked. <laughs> it rules. But I can't imagine it would be hard to get into a club in Germany saying you're the Scorpions so without anybody, like, really checking you. Yeah. They just look like every German on a street corner who has, like, car trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I had a thought. This is going back to something that was like a while ago in this conversation. But Keith, when you were talking about um, live music being replaced by holograms or like some kind of way of taking the human element out of it. Mm -hmm. Earlier today, I came across this song. Apparently it's from two years ago, but I've never heard of it. It's some like British pop singer. Uh, This song called 2002 by Anne Marie and the hook of it. Just references like eight different songs from around like 2000 ish. Oh my God. The hook is Oops, I got 99 problems singing bye, bye, bye. Hold up. If you want to go take a ride with me, better hit me, baby, one more time. And just goes on like that. (laughs) And like to me, that's already humans writing robot music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just regurgitating all these popular songs. It's, I mean, it just as far as like bands like that go. I mean, that the BTK band is obviously famous because of Tom and his beef with them. But like, oh, yeah. it just. I mean, you see these these products that like it, they. It doesn't even matter that these people performing them are human. I mean, it it really has. Yeah, that has no effect on the response that they get. These are just like uh, 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 these are assembled with like mechanical precision. But it just so happens that the people carrying out the act are human. And I mean, I don't doubt that there will be a way that, that corporations try to figure out how to just just make fake bands Remove that, that aren't even here. Yeah. Well, I so, mean, if you are that, like, I mean, I think whoever performed this song obviously loves it and enjoyed doing that. But whoever sold this song on their behalf sure, wishes absolutely. that person was not a part of it. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, because then, you, I mean, and if you can do that, if you, if you can pretty much. You know, if, if the CIA can write a song like Winds of Change for the Scorpions, <laughs> imagine like, you know, what real songwriters can do and uh, removing the elements of like uh, mental fatigue or, you know, uh, outrageous demands or ego, you know, anything like that. And you just have uh, something going performing these songs that's just fucking raking in cash. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think the closest I, thing to what you're talking about, Keith, that already does exist is are you familiar with Hatsune Miku? Is that the woman? Uh, the cartoon lady? Yeah, it's like the yeah. fake CGI yeah. woman. Yeah. yeah, that's like the closest thing that's already out there. Totally. I think we talked about that a little when yeah. Kurt was on here one time. I thought- um, oh, it was because Kurt, Kurt's friends wrote a song with Hatsune Miku and had to sign like a... It was a very like... Um, I don't know. What's the right word for it? Like a very litigious situation. Yeah, it was like where a like big the rights of it are yeah. all well documented. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's fucking wild. And I, I mean, I, we're definitely not. I didn't think we were too far away from it as as it was, but I think this is just going to sort of um, advance the the work to get yeah, this done. Yeah. I think because I mean, uh, Clear Na- uh, Live Nation is Live Nation. Yeah. Clear Channel Live Nation. I mean, they they had, they canceled all their summer tours, and I heard that was almost like a three billion dollar hit. Yeah. Just for canceling like two months worth of tours. That's right. So, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's, you know, if you can fucking figure out a way that, uh, to to put bands on the road that are immune to any sort of, uh, but I, don't know, I guess yeah. you need a crowd. Who knows? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I think the other thing that's... But you're right that in the future, though, it's still, there's more profit to be had by people who just want to extract profit from a band that's not people, you know? Totally. Like, yeah. 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 That still makes sense even once crowds, like, mm-hmm. come back. 
And I mean, these people that are writing the music and, and making the money, they don't give a shit if there's fucking crowds at the show or not. You know, they'll, they'll find a way to, to do it. You know, You're, we're going to put Joe Biden on the Grand Canyon. You know, why not? Yes. Put <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why not put fucking Panic at the Disco on the Taj Mahal? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be the same, the same outcome for the people that are interested in just making the money. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the other thing that's close to that is, uh, I think Charles, you and I talked about this was, uh, Michaela that uh totally constructed um CGI like influencer. Do you get Keith? Do you know oh, about this? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so she's basically like just a vector for selling jeans, essentially, you know, or or, or, or like whatever you want uh it to sell. But yeah, but uh it also comes with like a sexual assault backstory and shit. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should watch. So you should insane, watch this video. Man. It's insane. It's so. It's basically Michaela, the creation, uh, yeah. doing like a v- like a vlog, and talking about how she was sexually assaulted by a cab driver. Oh my gosh! And it's play- just it's, to make her more relatable. Yeah, and it's yeah, not, not played insane. not played for jokes. Like it's right. not meta in any kind of way. It's played totally po like just straight, and. Uh, it's the most, it's like one of the most upsetting things I've seen. And when I watched it, I immediately was like, oh, they're going to do this with everything. They'll do this with yeah. bands. Yep. They're going to do this with actors. And this is just like, this is just testing the waters, you know? Yeah, this is like, unreal. I'm looking at this on Instagram right now. This is fucking, does she like pretend to hang out with real people? Or yeah. So there's she... a photo of her making out with like Bella Hadid, I think. And, it, and it's like, this is my truth. Uh, and then it's an ad for jeans. Amazing. <laughs> Remember the Bella Hadid sneaker video? I do not. <laughs> no. You never saw that? Where no. she was, uh, it was an ad for Nikes or something, and she was doing like really affected AVE. Oh, no. Like if oh. Homeboy cop these sneakers, he can get it in. Oh, boy. And it's, can... that's almost like an, uh, an AI. Bella knows. I think her brain is probably a computer. Yeah. It's like this, a Pentium 3 in there. Jesus. And it's this just, little, it's smoking. This little Michaela thing is really fucking spooky. Yeah, it's dark. It, it's super, super dark. <sighs> and the, the, the company is called something like, Spo- oh, they're called Brood. B-R-U-D. Oh, Jesus or, Christ. Or Brud. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, if something, if anything needs uh, any sort of awareness raised for it, it's denim. So I got to commend her for that. Yeah. And I think it's brave that she could come out and tell her story, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's brave that she could come out and tell a a focus group story (laughs) of 80-year-old white guys. Yeah, that's totally the thing, too. This was written by a bunch of white dudes, like, in a room somewhere, being like, we need a backstory. What's hot right now? Sexual assault. All right, go. Like (laughs) (laughs) Cab driver, perfect. Yeah. It really doesn't speak well of the media that they, like... Look at the media landscape and how celebrities are interpreted by the media and think we need to have a victim story. Right, right. They have to be a victim somehow. I don't know if that came from like the Kesha thing. I'm still obsessed with Michaela right now. Yeah, Bella Hadid and virtual influencer Lil Michaela kissing in a recent Calvin Klein ad. Which like, I mean, I know what they think they're doing. But, of course, yeah. But, but like... Anyone who is, you know, anyone who is gay is just basically going to look at that and be like, there's, 
you know, this is supposed to be celebrate, celebrated, right. you know, right. celebrated as like a brave act, but it's literally a construct. There's no, yeah. there's no skin in the game, literally well, that's what, no that, skin that, in the game kind of, yeah, for, yeah. for Michaela. Well, that's kind of what I was saying too, is that like, if you don't, if you don't uh, sort of value nostalgia, um, which I think was the, 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 the knee curve of like our gen, I hate to sound old, but like our generation and the new generation, uh, you know, before that, that knee curve of like, well, we had a bunch of things that, that made us who we are and we sort of pay respects to them and everything we do. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the internet comes out and it just sort of, that was like, the cleaning of the slate. So there was no, anyone that came after that had no nostalgia for anything before really. Yeah. So now it's like, what do you like? Why, why not push this shit? Like these kids that are seeing this don't remember a better time. You know what I mean? It's like, they just see this all as forward progress and like, yeah. you know, yeah. there's a few older people that are like, actually, this is kind of fucked up. This is, but, you know. Well, the newer generations are, have all been raised on those CGI videos of, uh, the characters from F Frozen, like mm. Spider-Man and getting, the Joker, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, getting an abortion from Spider-Man, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, having their teeth pulled out. Well, so yeah. they think that's normal. So they're going to see this and they're going to be like, "Wow, this is this is so human." It's moving. Totally. That's uh, but it, that's kind of reminds me of like Chevy Ch that Chevy Chase thing that came out recently, where there was a hot mic, I guess, and they were talking about Saturday Night Live. And he and he was just like, I've watched some of the recent Saturday Night Live, and it's absolute dog shit. Oh yeah. And then the yeah. interview. It's not good. And then the interviewer was like, uh, was like, well, you know, millions of people watch it, and he was like, yeah, that's because they've been eating shit all their lives, and they don't know right. what's good or not, you know? Right. Right. And now we're just we're, now we're just seeing a new generation just getting their first plate of shit handed to them. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. they're just starting to eat the shit that yeah. so many people before had had already like overindulged on. So yeah, it's just it's it and you know like I was saying before about people that come to every time and I shows that they're older, but they you know they're they're still coming out to like regain that that feeling of youth. But if you give them enough of a hiatus away from that a lot of people aren't going to go back to that because they're going to be like, well, you know what? I am actually old. I was only going to shows because, you know, I, I like the memories about it. But like now I've been isolated for fucking how, however many months. But I don't know if that's true, man, because I think there could be a resurgence of people desperately wanting to do that. You know? Yeah, but I, I hope I for like my own experience, I don't think that anyone new is going to come out to, to show. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think right. that anyone when the yeah, doors yeah, when the yeah. doors open, it's not like a bunch of kids are going to run out and be like, oh, wait, uh, I should go check out every time I die. It's like, no, why? That, that's not really who we've ever attracted. You know, it was always. Yeah. You know, we built a, 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 a base uh, according to you know the fucking nine to the late 90s and the early 2000s that have passed it along and it's spread but once that spread gets you know chopped off how, how, it's not going to be easy to start again at all yeah you're saying so you're basically saying like the, the, the fan base is almost a limited resource that that absolutely sort is. Of yeah. sloughs off over time and this is just going to yeah. accelerate it like yeah absolutely i mean you know as much as like you as a band like you want to grow and and gain new new fans or whatever it's it, you also have to understand that like there is a there's a built-in audience in every city that you've ever visited before and like you just need to make sure that those people come out again and maybe they'll bring a friend and maybe those friends will bring a friend but like you need that that core to really you know set up your empire around and it's yeah. like now when when those people that that 
that sort of uh, that stratified what you had built are gone because they've been disconnected for so long. How are, I, I don't know. I, I I'm I have no idea if they're going to come back or not. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I it's, agree. What this vaguely reminds me of, Dan, is when we were talking a few weeks ago about how like despite how we don't really give a shit about jam bands, they kind of created a sustainable model for independent artists in a way. Yes. Yeah. That's very true. Um, and, and one that's... Yeah. And like E1 falls under that in the same way that Every Time I Die in Wolf Parade do of like, you have this like isolated core audience that's a very niche thing, but it's like enough to like get by on. Of but course, like, yeah. yeah. What, what, it's sustainable. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's, yeah. And it's, it's, it's totally anti... I mean, this is something we hit the wall, like bang our heads against all the time with Wolf Parade with like the sort of more corporate element of the music industry is that this model, like the model that every time I die has or E1 has is antithetical to like modern capitalism. Like you are, you are supposed to be doubling your uh, audience every time. And you're supposed to spend, you're supposed to spend like you're doubling, you know, Uh you got to spend money to make money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that like Wolf Parade and I, probably you guys too, Keith, and have just like completely rejected like over the last right. decade. Yeah. And what's like, the fucking absolutely. point? Like the, the idea that there's just a hypothetical, very large audience you need to capture means you need to make shittier stuff to get it, right? Like yeah. right. If you want if you want that SNL size audience, you gotta put out SNL style crap, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It has to, like uh, that SNL is a perfect example of it's nobody's favorite thing, but it's everyone's watchable thing. Like mm-hmm. 10 million totally. people will tune in to kind of like it. passively watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. not like, do, like that show's so far beyond a point where it actually was like breaking ground or something. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be interesting to see like what musicians are capable of um, transitioning into something that, you know, y- you might need to uh, get a wider audience for to compensate for what you lost during this time too. It's like, yeah. you know, I, because, this, you know, the idea of selling out has always been like such a fucking... You know, I mean, that is like, yeah. you can't touch that. You don't get near, no one sells out. You, If you sell out, you're, you know, that's the fucking death of you. But like, now what is that, what does that term mean now that you, we need help, you know, like we actually need help. Mm-hmm. Like what, Keith, what that's, sort of. We get back to what I was saying of, with Patreon of like, essentially people, it's like people are paying for that ticket to the show, but over months where they pay less per month. Right. But it kind of uh, adds up. But at least, and also the good thing about that is they can't tell you what to do, like, Unlike any totally. other platform, Patreon doesn't give a fuck what you put on there. You just do it and they don't care. So yeah. like, it's the best compromise that there is because you're not getting like fucked over and no one is like telling you what you have to do. I completely but agree. You do, it's like the, you do give up like 10% of what you make, but that's much worse. I mean, that's much better than most places. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's like the, it's the indie label for podcasts, really. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, Patreon totally. does. Like it, it gives you license to do whatever you want. You know, you 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 uh, are able to maintain some sort of financial stability through it because you know where the income's coming and how exactly how much each month. Yes. You know, you have that, and no one's telling you that you have to alter your art in order to get that. But exactly, yeah. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be different for people that have been in one sort of mindset for their entire lives. I mean, I without naming names, like I I know dudes that have are fifty years old that have been in hardcore bands since they were fifteen. Like mm-hmm. these people, like we talked about stagehands and stuff, it's such a, sp- 
specific kind of 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 uh, mentality that they have when they approach writing music and putting out music and things like that. Like, are they going to be able to to adjust, or is are, is it just too late in life for them? And then now yeah, all of a sudden yeah. they're they vanish from the scene because they're a little older than everyone else, and they just they had so much time invested in this, they can't undo that. Yeah, they can't adapt. You right. Know? Yeah, that's that's yeah. totally. I've been thinking about that a lot because I I am friends with uh, older musicians in like yeah non-commercial genres that i the guys that i totally admire who yeah i worry about them i worry about their ability to continue to pay rent and feed their families you know totally and you know that that i i hate to say selling point but the the one thing that like made these people the legends that they were is that they were so constantly true to their values and you know they represented the the scene that they were from in such a specific uh and impressive way now that's going to work against them because they've established themselves as this figure that it's like a statue now and now you're asking the statue to like walk across the room yeah yeah Yeah. it's not it's not going to change they're not going to know how to change and and now everything that made them who they were is going to be what kills them and it's fucking really unfortunate to see and i already see it happening we're only two months in so yeah it fucking sucks like not everyone is going to be able to pivot to twitch you know of course no way yeah 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 even yeah yeah i mean the the last two weeks of my you know home life has been writing for the patreon that uh devoika and i have for operators now and teaching myself how to use obs and oh yeah and we're gonna start streaming next week uh we're gonna play some movies some old yugoslavian punk movies and have a chat and open and but like i yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I was just like, I need to fucking learn how to do this. And if I don't, yeah. if I don't learn how to do it, I'm totally screwing myself. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Me setting up my Twitch channel was the first time I've ever like really taught myself anything outside of what I do for a job. And it was like it was fun and exciting, but it's like, man, this is like exhausting. I, yeah. And I, you know, I, I just don't have that. I just don't have the energy of of younger people that are doing this. And I, I mean, I did it. And it probably took me much longer to do, but. It's just something that's like I only did it because I was determined to prove to myself that I could still learn something new. Yeah. But you know, I'm Same. Th- like I said, there's there's people older than us that are just like they'll see it and they'll be like, "Fuck this!" Like I'm not even gonna even sit down with it for a second. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I guess they're not helping themselves, but it's just such a strange thing to know that like you've you've uh, made your entire life based on who you are and what you represent, and all of a sudden that doesn't matter now. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just everyone's so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really sad. So that's, uh, hopefully not going to be my fate, but we'll see. I, I got to figure out my discord problems first. Well, yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Totally. I got to figure out how to properly size, uh, YouTube videos in OBS. Uh, that's, oh, whatever. It's yeah. that important. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk because I also need to learn how to get music into like my, uh, uh, starting soon screen i can't do that either so see i got some more research to do you got this man you can you can i can do this i'm not just a hardcore vocalist yeah yeah it's not (laughs) i tell you what though it's not it's not like learning learning the process of Streamlabs or obs and like learning which audio interfaces will crash your computer when you're trying to run two cameras off of it is way less fun than writing a song and then rehearsing a song oh yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) definitely yeah, it's us. I, I keep listening. Like, we're sequencing the album now, too. And it's like, 
I'll get so excited about like sitting down and listening to the newest sequence and then just being like, wait a minute, what, what does this matter anymore? Like, does, is it's such a fucking, uh, it's just such a shot in the dick, man. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, but. Keith, the fact that you're, you know, concerned with all that stuff proves that you're more resilient, uh, Maybe than you think you are, you know? Like I appreciate that. Yeah, I gonna, think we're going to be, be good. All right. I it's think just so, like too. The world is extremely unpredictable, but yeah. you're, I mean, you're I, the I'm kind ready, of person I, who's thinking about this critically and, like, you're, you're yeah. flexible enough to be one of the people who knows how to do this stuff. Totally. Yeah. And like Dan was saying before, it's like I, I, I have a history with, with um, settling for much less. So I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be going into uncharted territories if I'm forced to do that. But I just don't know what approach is going to have to be taken. But I'm, I'm, I'm certain it'll work out. I, I really am. Absolutely, yeah. man. I appreciate yes, you sir. guys uh, talking to me. Thanks for coming yeah. on, man. Yeah, thanks for of stopping course. by. Of course. Thank you. Talk to you soon, guys. On the sunset strip They got those long, long legs And those long, long thighs And 